Hey, Jonah, we got more mail from Evelyn. What's it say? Love Evelyn again. It's, she signed her name on the back. It's just a postcard. What kind of postcard? Like tourism? It's uh, a glossy photo of a little town with a big white church. Uh, it has text on the front. It says, Keen's Cross, Indiana, old faces, new tastes. You said Keen's Cross? Yeah, nothing comes up on Google. Is there a return address so I can tell her I wouldn't go to fucking Indiana to save my life? No, no return address. It's the same as the last time. Okay, stay put. I'll be there in a minute. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for joining us tonight in the Creepypasta Book Club, the podcast where we read, analyze, and discuss significant creepypastas, no sleeps, and web horror flash fiction. We are your hosts, Jonah. And Wednesday. And today, we are discussing the Jeff the Killer mythos. Similar to our Slenderman episode, we're not doing like a traditional summary today, but we'll include a list of works that we read for our discussion. Here's a general overview of Jeff the Killer. The first documented appearance of the photo associated with Jeff the Killer comes from a Japanese image board in 2005. The first instance of the character named Jeff the Killer comes from some 2008 forum posts and a YouTube video by Sesur, aka Killer Jeff, aka Jeffrey D. Case. The video describes a young man named Jeff with a brother, Lou, who for some reason takes up a huge portion of the two and a half minute video despite not doing anything. According to Sessor, Jeff slipped on a bar of soap while carrying a vat of acid to clean his bathtub, which permanently disfigured him and turned him into the killer. The video went viral before being removed for a copyright claim. Sessor's whole bit seems to have been that he himself was Jeffrey Killer, but he always refers to himself in the third person. Anyway, from there, several canon and non-canon versions of Jeff the Killer then began to float around the internet. In some, he is a bullied teenager who is splashed with bleach or burned. In many, he kills his family before beginning his murder spree. Jeff is the fulcrum of the broader creepypasta world theory, where the mascots for creepypasta, among teens who like to draw guys with bandages and scars making out with each other, all like hang out and fuck each other, or sometimes fuck yourself, insert OC, and do killings. Slenderman is a major part of the creepypasta expanded universe. Jeff the Killer is sometimes framed as being Slenderman's mortal enemy, and some of the popular entrants, like Tiki Toby, began their life as proxies, Slenderman fan characters who were so well-liked that they ascended into being canon pasta boys. Jeff the Killer also spawned his own spin-offs, such as Jane the Killer. The classic Game Fuel TV Jeff the Killer, written in 2011, was considered so low quality and embarrassing for the community that it was removed from the Creepypasta wiki. Creepypasta fans then elected a reboot story in 2015 to replace it. So I think that's most of the core context on Jeff the Killer. Of course, we recommend reading some or all of the stories that we are going to link for you guys that touch on either Jeff or, like, the expanded, shared sort of creepypasta world, you know, Slender Mansion-type characters. Okay, okay. What if... What if... Play with me for a second in this space. Uh Uh-huh. What if, instead of talking about what we just read, 
We spent this time making killer saunas. <laughs> like specifically like creepypasta like, themed ones? Like the killer saunas. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you want to do that? Well, like that was like, that was like an opening joke bit, but like, <laughs> I feel like we could probably gain as much stuff from doing that as anything else yeah that's sort of you might be able to tell from the sort of gentle derision that we have for the jeff the killer cinematic universe <laughs> the jeffiverse yeah the, <laughs> the jeffiverse <laughs> the the pastaverse you know these stories aren't good no I think Pastaverse legitimizes But, it. like, they are interesting. There's <laughs> there's something anthropological about them all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very interesting study of, like, particularly of a certain period of time on the internet in the creepypasta space because the explosion of like the sort of shared creepypasta universe like the creepypasta world stuff and like Jeff the Killer fandom stuff sort of rose up around the time like like at the same time that like No Sleep was mm-hmm. first coming onto the scene and becoming sort of the hub of like modern written web horror Jeff the Killer is like the big bang it's like that Oh, fuck. What is it called in Animal? The Precambrian Explosion? Yes! Yes! That's what Jeff the Killer is. What I was going to say more specifically is that, like, there is not a strict gender divide, but, like, uh, one that sort of emerges, Mm -hmm. or at, at least, like, if the numbers themselves do not bear out, then at least a a reputational divide along gender lines, right? Because No Sleep is on Reddit, and the reputation of Reddit since the beginning of time um, (laughs) has been that it's for, like, annoying nerd boys. Yeah. Where, like, creepypasta fandom bullshit with, like, you know, here's my uh, scary OC who was a a girl with, like, a white face and black eyes and bloody <laughs> tears streaming down her face who kills uh is is very stereotypically associated with like young women hold your really good pertinent thought and jane the killer she's this line <laughs> says her eye her ice blue tears or whatever and like like her her ice blue eyes and like limpid black tears like the my immortal line <laughs> wait does it actually use the word limpid? I didn't no, clock that. No, no, but it, it, it uses, like, her, she describes her eyes exactly the way my immortal, the the, the line <laughs> that where limpid tears exists in. Well, that's just sort of like a stereotypical, like, bad writing thing that people do when they're describing eyes. Yeah, I know. I just, it, it was just brain association. It made me say it out loud, like, in hysterics when I got there. <laughs> Like, like, limpid tears. So imagine that. <laughs> also, Jane the Killer is, like, a, like a lesbian raising her sister. Yeah, I didn't know that! Also, like, that, that's one of the things that I only 
only realized when I was look, looking at her creepypasta wiki page, we immediately derailed from Jack the Killer started talking <laughs> about Jane. Jane is a fascinating story. Yeah. Because I'd never read most of these. Yeah. Like, anything outside of Jeff the Killer, I was like, oh, I can't do this. But, like, you know, read it for the podcast. Like, I had always been under the impression that Jane the Killer was, like, written to be, like, shipped with Jeff Me or too. And that it was, like, a like a hanagram thing that they yeah. were trying to kill each other or whatever. But it's, like, a totally different story. But apparently, no, she's, like, a lesbian. And the author gets, like, really mad if you ship her with Jeff because, like... Even though, like, in the story itself, it do- it does not explicitly say at any point no. that she is dating this woman. Like, this woman's name just, like, gets mentioned a couple of times. But and they like are they not are. clear about who she is supposed to be. So, like, okay, the fact that this person gets upset when you ship her with, like, not women, like, on her. First off, the entire, the entire thing is, like, like, good for her, but also, like... I'm trying to find a, a polite way to say that might be insane. Like, this entire thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Jane the Killer is fucking insane. And there's, like, there's, like, multiple versions of Jane the Killer, and there's beef about, like, what the real legitimate one is. Like, like plagiarism. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, like, no, there's this one real Jane the Killer, and Jane Arkansas is the fake one. That's a fanon thing, and they're making stuff up. It's so, like, original character do not steal. It's so classic. Which, like, that's, like, the baseline of Jeff itself, too, because, like, even though they're guys, yeah. and, the, and, like, obviously, a guy authors have the same sort of beef. It's just, like, yeah. associated differently. Yeah, it's just a stereotype that is often applied to, like, girls in these spaces. But, like, hardcore people are like, this Jeff, the killer, I'm the original author of Jeff the Killer, don't have any <laughs> substitutes, the others are fake, like, for every single version of Jeff the Killer. And that started with Cesar, whose whole thing is being, like, no... All of these other versions of Jeff the Killer are some dumb made-up bullshit. He didn't kill his family. He, you know, he he slipped on a bar of soap. <laughs> he didn't, you know, he wasn't bullied. He's he's just a guy who kills and looks fucked up. Which is funny. Objectively, objectively <laughs> really a funny thing to set your teeth into. I want to talk a little serious about the, um, the, the timeline of Jeff the Killer. Because I know mm-hmm. some stuff about the story that gets mentioned in the Creepypasta wiki files or whatever that site's called. Page of it. Which which story? The the stuff like the the rumors associated with the picture. Yeah, like the um, like the yeah. video that it cited where Jeff is first seen the f- the first sighting of the Jeff figure, the figure we come to know as Jeff. Is this specifically about Jeff or about like the, the image, image, the like... image, the the, the the original image? The video it mentions is, like, a video recreation of a story that was posted as, like, a written thing without any images associated with it. Mm-hmm. It's an and special broadcasting, and it's most likely a Nippon News Network, but, like, NNN can, like, be anything for, like, whatever the person intended the story. It's not elaborated, like, in the story. And, like, the original story is, like... OP is up late at night and then there's like static because it's like in between the networks broadcasting and then first it's like a a garbage processing plant comes up like a sorting place and then like a list of names starts scrolling upwards like a credit roll and a flat monotone voice is saying like the names out loud and then at the end of that thing 
there's like music and stuff but like at the end of the thing is is that these are tomorrow's victims good night what what is this associated with because i've never seen anyone say anything about this like when when was this from this is a this is like a creepy pasta from japan from the early 2000s okay and it's n n special broadcasting and like these are tomorrow's victims good night is like the famous tagline of the story and the story's more widely known as tomorrow victim story so when anything is similar people will be like oh that's like tomorrow's victim story right so that's that creepypasta but the video that gets uploaded that people have been like oh there's jeff that's the killer that's like someone's <laughs> recreation of that story in like a visual format okay so like someone just like used that image like like because I, I know that um, the, like, Jeff the Killer image became, or, like, what would later be known as Jeff the Killer mm-hmm. was, like, a meme on some image boards yeah. because it's just, like, a fucked up picture. I didn't dig too deeply, though. I probably should have. There's another kind of trend that I think predates, like, this video that was circulating in Jeff the Killer stories, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure by how much and how much those spaces overlapped. There was this trend of, like, make me cute where someone will take an image and, like, fuck it up a lot that was around yeah. there that Jeff might have origin points from, like, the Im- like the, yeah. the blown up image, but I'm not sure how much those two spaces actually overlapped. Yeah, there's lots of different rumors about where the original image came from, who it's supposed to be of. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's, to this day, any confirmation of whose face is no. originally in that photo before it was, like, demolished. Yeah, yeah. There's just, like, a lot of things that it's not, definitely not. But, like, no. Yeah. Like, it's it's not a girl who killed herself. Yeah. Uh, we know that for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, she might have. Or whoever this is might have killed themselves. But, like... <laughs> She's not specifically that girl. Yeah, it's not specifically not these two girls who get cited as being, like... Uh, they were the victims of 4chan trolling until they killed themselves. And these are the pictures left behind that we have, like, defaced. <laughs> like, that is just, like, 4chan self-aggrandizing. Like, they fucking wish they were that hard. Yeah, it's an image that existed much earlier. But, like, by how much, we don't know now, yeah. for sure. And, like, maybe this was the seed of Jeff the Killer in English speaking, like creepy pasta places or whatever, because like the wiki or whatever does cite it as like this is the first like thing that has good night in it, which is like his big epic tagline, like a decade later or whatever is yeah, go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that is how that association got pulled through, but also like. It may just be, like, a funny coincidence. I, I'm pretty sure. Is Go to Sleep in the original, like, Sessor video and, like, I don't discussion? think so. Or is that something that Game Fuel TV came up with? Which, like, makes me think Jeff is alive. Because, like, by, by that point, the Tomorrow's Victims story would have sort of faded from the, the consciousness a little bit, right? Well, it's really popular, like, outside of the States or, like, North yeah. America, I think. I don't know how popular it is. In, like, other places. I'd put it on par of, like, Candle Cove, I guess. But yeah, it would probably be, like, if, like, anyone in, like, 4chan or whatever, X-Board 
posty people kind of deal would probably not consider it like a big story. Like it's it's not something that Americans yeah. care about. Yeah. And to Americans in basically any space, if it is not big in America, it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't dig it probably as hard as I should have. When I hit a wall, I was like, well, I could got something else to go do, I guess. <laughs> but another thing cited really early on is the Newgrounds, like, killer Jeff, Jeff the Killer kind of story. Yeah, no, that that guy is supposed to, like, or, or that guy is suspected to be Cesor, and I think Cesor has claimed to be Killer Jeff. Oh, well, the story that's cited there is, like, a lot different than the YouTube video he makes, and I like it a lot more. I wish that was the one that, like, caught on to people. I know why I didn't, because people like to make little guys and, like, slap IP <laughs> fantasies onto them. But there is, like, a really cool, like, Bloody Mary sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the idea that he's, like, some kind of, like, fucked up ghost thing, and if you say his name three times, he comes through the mirror and, and the kills you. Like, yeah, isn't that what, that's so cool. It's interesting as we look at, like, the whole Jeff the Killer timeline specifically, the way that it goes from urban legend yeah, and narrowing down with each iteration until it is, like, reaching a point of, like, utter specificity in the 2015 reboot. Yeah, it's so strange. Ah, it catches, like, a kind of, like, if you measured these things in rings of trees of, like, styles <laughs> people were doing, I guess. Yeah, like, you can sort of measure over time the way that, like, brand recognition was becoming more and more of a priority in mm -hmm. creepypasta and no-sleep spaces. Mm -hmm. We go from these like extremely anonymous stories that are supposed to be like this is a fucked up guy who could have come from anywhere and he could be anywhere and he could even be in your bathroom mirror <laughs> to being like this extremely vague sketch of a character in the Cesura video mm -hmm. to like relatively detailed but more or less non-specific version in the Game Fuel TV. Yeah, like still like a thing you can copy paste and like it has, like, a quality of, like, ridiculousness that would make people, like, continue reading it. It's just, like... <laughs> it, it does have, like, true copypasta kind of quality to it. Like, in the original Game Fuel TV, Jeff the Killer, he punches a kid in the chest and his heart <laughs> stops. It's so funny. <laughs> they have, and he they fucking have guns. It's like... It's like... <laughs> yeah, these 11-year-olds walk around it's with guns. Like, why? <laughs> It's Buck Wild from the start to the In the suburbs! <laughs> They're like, okay, there's a, he's at a kid's party. He's like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm vibing, I'm chilling. And then these these hooligans, these suburban hooligans jump the fence with their skateboards. And it's like, okay, it's on. And they start shooting Jeff up. He, he punches him in the <laughs> Fireball, and it doesn't like 
burn him, it just turns his skin white. <laughs> young person like it's it's really charming it's like spaghetti western pink mist like fucking samurai <laughs> blood all over the place it's awesome <laughs> and ha- it's like it's bad don't get me wrong but it's also awesome and each yeah and the one afterwards is just sort of like neutered oh god the, the 2015 one is absolutely unreadable. It's so fucking long. Because it is like, it, it is trying to take itself so, yeah, it's really long, and it takes itself so seriously. Oh. But it also still feels like, like, like the, a 12-year-old The sensation it. that you get when you read the original one is that it's, it's like, it feels like it's written by like a 13-year-old or someone around that age who is imagining like, Oh, what if I was like a cool badass like murder killer and I could kill my bullies and my mom would be able to tell me what to do anymore. But and and, and it's just sort of like an innocent edginess. Yeah. But like in the 2015 one it feels really rancid. Yeah, like if it like a 20 something, a 30 something and so on <laughs> wrote it with that same exact energy. And then thought they were also a good Good writer, good author, good storyteller. Yeah, like, the fact that this got elected, because people seem to think that the prose in this is good? Girl, it's not. There's worse ones in sort of, like, subject matter and wasting my time, but, like, I'd rather read those (laughs) again than read this one again, you know? It's baffling like i cannot understand the creative decisions fundamentally that went into writing the 2015 jeff the killer or into people choosing it it feels like when i read it people got tricked into thinking that this was well written because it has big words in it that's what happens a lot i think as long as long as thing is long wordy and complete it's gonna get elected some sort of win award it's it's trying to do like a legit character study or explain the psychology of bullies. Uh, it sucks but, so like, much. Doesn't know, what the like what the fuck are you talking about? Like you you can't try to do like a legit psychological study where you talk about you know people's mindsets and stuff and also have a guy just be Jeff the killer. Yeah. Like <laughs> like having having his dark passenger or whatever <laughs> like tries to come out and do uh, aggressive violence. Like it just oh. It's so weird. Like it's <laughs> it, it it is still so fundamentally immature while trying to act as though it is like more serious as a story. And it takes away anything what's what's good about that sto- the 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 text adventure you're on with Jeff the Killer <laughs> is how absurd it is. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. But like people find that embarrassing. Oh, and the other one takes away all like the funny ridiculousness, makes it yeah. serious without increasing like the maturity as you're saying or like Yeah the depth of what's happening or like anything the stakes are higher legitimately in the first one (laughs) (laughs) and the first one is also more fun to read like it it gets its story across really efficiently it doesn't waste your fucking time yeah it's just like let's go there's a kid (laughs) he's 13 
<laughs> he moves to a new town. He meets some bullies. He gets into a fight. Oh my god, his brother's going to juvie. Oh no! He doesn't have anybody else to help him fight the bullies. <laughs> you know, he lets his guard down for a second and they jump him. But then he erupts into a, into a beast mode crazed murder killer. And, and he goes insane. And he kills people. It's like... <laughs> It is Chuny shit. Yeah, but it's like from the heart. You understand that this is written by like a child who just thinks something is like badass. Yeah, <laughs> I I would like to read my note. This doesn't doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. What's so funny, Jeff the jokester? <laughs> yeah, like it's <laughs> it's so Joker. <laughs> Uh, like as you know, many such cases. Yeah, there are many, yeah. many jokers. Yeah. in in the field of Joke eyes. online horror, um, <laughs> there's a connection here, like a disconnection here. But like we can see, like the fiber connecting things that are once there, ghosts of things that are no longer there. It's like <laughs> the the image springs up from this like creepy pasta that was like uh, a cursed special viewing tribute art video right so then like the one news ground is sort of like he's a spooky ghost he's got some kuchisaka oni kind of like thing going on of like the rule system that's in this story like tell him he's pretty or whatever he's got a fucked up mouth he's he's gender bet um <laughs> equality yay then it's like People take that, and now he's, like, a, a serial killer guy. But, like, the reason he looked like that is because he was a scary ghost. <laughs> so, like, his appearance didn't need an explanation, and we have a mundane explanation that makes it more fantastical. He could have just died in that accident and came back as a scary ghost. Why are we so allergic to a scary ghost story? <laughs> I mean, I guess because if he did die... That would kind of ruin the illusion of being like. I mean, one because he would be thirteen forever. But that's what he is anyway. He's like an immortal. So like, you either have to imagine him being older, which is hard when you're thirteen. That's true. Like, <laughs> a, he's just like an immortal serial killer now. <laughs> like, yeah. So he could he could also just be a ghost. <laughs> In the reboot, they don't even give him his iconic look. Like they like they take away all the all the funny shit that he does. <laughs> Ooh, I'm cutting my eyelids off so that I can always look at myself forever because I'm so beautiful now. Like, yeah. <laughs> which is fucking rules is the funniest part to me. <laughs> I like <laughs> like the, the, the most cornball shit in the world. But instead, in the 2015 one, he's just like a guy with burn scars who starts killing. Yeah, that's like whatever, dude. And it's also, like, so graphic and over-the-top with the way the mom is killed and, like, all of that. Like, this person has, like, a problem with their mom or something. The the person who wrote the 2015 one. This is a soul-bearing. It feels really hateful. <laughs> yeah, like... Like, you you just had a fight with your mom or something, and you're, like, real mad about it. And that's it. why I got picked for a scariest whatever, because all those little people have, like, issues. And they're like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> We're like, you know, at least in the, in the Game Fuel TV <laughs> version, you know, he kills his mom because, like, she catches him, like, self-harming. And, 
you know, r- runs to wake up her husband and is like, honey, get the gun. <laughs> She's about to start blasting on her own child for no reason. Oh, man. You know, the end of that one, that, that, that entire, like, end bit is very, okay. Not comparing these two things in, like, concrete seriousness, but you know that, you know the end of Parasite? <laughs> It has that kind of explosion of just like <laughs> absurd violence, and then the, the, which makes the other thing so just like limp and just hateful. Like at the end of the day, like there is so much embarrassing, weird, stupid, creepy pasta out there. I'm pretty sure the main reason why Jeff the Killer is considered so unique, or like the original, like. 2011 Jeff the Killer was considered, like, so embarrassing that it has to be, like, enshrined forever as, like, the biggest epic fail of creepypasta for all time is because it is explicitly a fantasy by and for young teenagers and because he had, like, a girl-oriented fandom who wanted to ship themselves with Jeff the Killer and make their own killer sonas to kiss Jeff. We should we should wrap back to my opening statement, I think, at some point. <laughs> yeah, as a form of solidarity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like people like <laughs> people like wink off to like the Russian sleep experiment or Mickey Mouse's bloodhouse or whatever. People still think Russian sleep experiment yeah, is good. It's not though. I I think it's really bad. I think you're mistaken. It's it's bad, guys. I think you've misremembering the thing you got <laughs> so scared of when you were 14. You need to go back and revisit that shit. <laughs> we are on a path, and the road splits, but the roads might kiss at the end. <laughs> I think we should talk about the theater of violence of these stories and, like, conceptual violence in art. But also, we should probably talk about the other stories. Yeah, we should probably talk about the other stories, but also, like, like there's there's so much, like, cultural context that goes into all of these that is really interesting. Like, Jeff the Killer's core roots is, like, you know, Joker, obviously. Mm-hmm. I feel like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is, like, yeah. a big part, and, like, like the works of Joan and Vasquez are yeah. so influential on, like, the, the like, mid-2000s scene emo culture. Yeah, especially the first one. Like, the departure from scary ghost story to guy who had a shit time at his serial killer job. <laughs> and the humor of it, I guess, of the one afterwards. W- which one afterwards? The, um, punched a kidney, exploded with blood, and there's guns, and everyone's on fire. <laughs> yeah. That feels very, you know, of that time period. Yeah, it, like, this this sort of, like, hysterical, impossible ultraviolence. <laughs> It was something that was sort of baked into that part of, like, scene culture mm-hmm. and the obsession with, like, poserism. Yeah, it's, like, very, it's so core of that. We should live in a reality where we have, like, Jeff the Killer on, like, scene hoodies, but we don't, I think, is a, is a real <laughs> crime shame. I would love at some point to write a Jeff the Killer musical. I feel like there's Jonah. so much, like... 
I have a, I have an idea. Like, I do have, like, a concept that rolls around in my head every now and then. And I'm like, damn, I wish I could write music because I want to write this Jeff the Killer if, musical that I have in my head. Hey, Jonah, what if that's how you cut your teeth on writing music? <laughs> no, like, I'm, I'm not a composer is the thing. Like, I, like, I don't, you know, I have no music theory background and I do not have the willpower to teach myself music theory. This is an open artist call for a collaboration. <laughs> Like, yeah, absolutely. If you can write music and you want to work with me on a Jeff the Killer musical, I would invite you to do that. I think this is a good idea. So, like, my, my core concept, right? It specifically is about Jeff's relationship to his own canon, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I like so it. So, most of the first act is, is, like, dominated by, like, one single Jeff the Killer story. Probably one inspired most closely by, like, the Game Fuel TV one. And then towards the end of the act, as the original story wraps up, there is dissatisfaction with the way that the story ends. Mm -hmm. And we keep having to redo the story over and over. The specter of Jeff has to come through and eliminate the inferior Jeffs and say, no, start over, I don't like that one. Oh, that'd be really fun. Are you imagining it? Person who will help Jeff write music? And it's and it's this this eternal quest to explore the canonicity of Jeff. I like it. That, that'd be really fun. You're not like remaking the wheel. The, the wheel just exists and we're in it. <laughs> so everyone should get behind this project now. We need art grants. We need <laughs> we need composers. American Psycho also is is one of the things that has sort of like melted into the fabric of like the pop culture serial killer. Yeah, definitely the the later Jeff entry feels American Psycho core. You know, like even if they didn't, it's sort of just like in the zeitgeist and all that. The culture above it all, kind of like better than you sort of serial killer person. A fundamental misunderstanding of what American Psycho yeah, yeah, is yeah. and is about, where people think like that this is a portrait of a killer when it is actually a portrait of the depravity of like a a yuppie banker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's like it's not about necessarily being a guy who kills. It is it is not like a Gacy documentary. Yeah, yeah. The person who's writing Jeff the Killer Part Five or whatever isn't the kind of person who understands American Psycho. Like, yeah. <laughs> Another thing I think that would be cool in Jeff the Killer land, Jeff the Killer core, like, what if we hosted a Jeff the Killer-a-thon where people just wrote their own Jeff the Killer <laughs> entries? Like, Jeff the Killer jam. <laughs> jam the Killer. <laughs> so, like, some of the ones that we covered were, like, Eyeless Jack, Laughing Jack, Tiki Toby, and Clockwork. One of them I felt wasn't, like, we read it and I was like, oh, this might not be the same kind of classification, even though it hits a lot of the same things. And then I was going, like, no, it, 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 it does. So, Laughing Jack. Okay, okay. Let me back my thought up. When, I first was, when, I, when we first got to it, I was like, oh, huh, this isn't the same kind of beast. But then I realized, oh, it really depends on how we're classifying these stories. And, like, we almost need, like, a creepypasta index. Like, folklore ha- folklore's ha- <laughs> have, like, tons of index, right? And so so I think we should propose, like, one for creepypastas. 
and it would depend on how we classify a Jeff the Killer story, whether Laughing Jack falls into it, because it has some of like the notes of Jeff the Killer, but it's not exactly the right tone. It has child endangerment. It will like the the single mother isn't. I think the person might be presenting the single mother as a, we're supposed to think she's a bad person for being a single mother, which is absurd. But I don't think so. I have sort of a. The reason that Laughing Jack is a Jeff the Killer is not necessarily because of something that is in the story, but is part of the context of the story. Because Laughing Jack originated from this guy's, like, cosplay that he did oh. that got a lot of, like, thirst attention on DeviantArt. That's so funny. I like, he created this character in the design and cosplayed as him and did, like, you know, emo thirst traps and then wrote the story. And that's why the story is it Jeff uh, the killer? took off. Oh, okay, well, yeah, I yeah. I just know that. It's, it's, it's a Jeff the Killer because it is, like, oh. fandom-built. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Like, that doesn't make sense. Because it is built on, like, thirst. That doesn't make sense. Um, I did break down a list of stuff that could go under, like, an ATU-style index for creepypasta. Mm-hmm. Of, like, there's a guy with tr- uh, features that we consider a cliche in that it exists in sort of an anarchistic time where it's like the present but it's also kind of old tiny 70s 80s 60s whatever 90s kind of vibe yeah ambiguous timeline yeah there's like incompetent parenting even if it's not like bad parenting like oh mm-hmm. he he's left alone he's attracted a demon and she stabbed him in a heart <laughs> there's a giant blade and there's like <laughs> Silly little creepypasta rules. I feel like the mom in Laughing Jack is supposed to have been a sort of tragic hero rather mm-hmm. than being like, oh, look at this dumb evil bitch who, you know, lets her child play outside without paying attention to it's him. It's hard to tell sometimes what the intention with these are. I don't, <laughs> I personally don't think she's a bad parent. I'm just saying, like, this person might. Uh, like, I'm, I'm not sure about that because, like, it seems like it's being framed as though, like, this is just, like, a horrible random happenstance that befalls this unfortunate family rather than... Like, it, it doesn't feel aggressive towards her in the same way oh, as, like, you know, the way that Jeff the Killer 2015 is aggressive towards its, like, mother figure. I should, like I should have given you know. Mr. Thirst Trap OC the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Laughing Jack, you are spared for now. <laughs> We're letting him walk away from the, the shooting wall? Snuffbomb, that's his name. Oh. <laughs> We're letting Mr. <laughs> Snuffbomb walk away from our shooting gallery. You're, you're free to go for now. <laughs> We're taking the blindfold off. <laughs> Like apology snacks on the way out, like a little, like a little airplane <laughs> bottle of water and stuff. Hey, so sometime after recording this episode, I became aware of the fact that Snuffbomb, the creator of Laughing Jack, has credible accusations against him regarding being inappropriate with young girls in his fan base. This isn't, like, entirely surprising. I do think that we accurately assessed that Laughing Jack was tactically made to be thirst bait for girls, which becomes much more sinister given the allegations. But I do think if we had known beforehand, it would have changed the way we discuss his work. So, like, having learned this, our final verdict is, like, actually, we are putting the blindfold back on this guy. Uh, Snuffbomb still gets the bullet. (laughs) 
<laughs> Laughing Jack is also like at least short and yes. has sort of like a Scary. like a it's going for the same sort of story as like Babadook. Right? Yeah, it was very yeah yeah. We just which is what made me like it's like oh. if Babadook fucking sucked. <laughs> Dick wasn't an LGBT icon. <laughs> <laughs> the heterosexuals, Bobbin. Yeah. To all the little gay people listening to our podcast, which is all of them, everyone listening to this podcast, you should cosplay Jane the next Pride Parade you go to. <laughs> You'll just look like a grudge girl though if you do that is the thing you need to wear like you need to wear like a title like a name tag she worked at a she worked at ihop that's my favorite detail like jane the killer is a fucking insane story <laughs> it is even more insane than the original jeff the killer yeah, like, it is truly <laughs> in the spirit of jeff the killer She's like a random girl who works at IHOP, but her blood is like really good. Yeah, there's a weird, there's a weird fixation on it. So they get her, and like they do, they do, (laughs) they do like an experiment. They put liquid (laughs) hate into her body, and it turns her into a super soldier. And she's also a lesbian. Every single time it's in the story, it's like capitalized. It's like liquid hate. Like they created her to defeat Jeff the Killer. It's it's fully some like Marvel DC shit. It's it, it's like a comic book origin story. Like Resident Evil Ten. <laughs> it's like there's too many like super powerful, unstoppable serial. Like okay, that's another thing. Jeff the Killer doesn't have powers, and that's another thing that would be solved by him just being a scary ghost. Yeah, I don't understand. Like there's so. I don't understand what happens when stuff not from America get slammed into the USA and becomes not about ghosts. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> the USA has a big tradition of ghost stories for a really long time from, like, various places, and they just, just like, cut off. Like, nope, we can never do ghosts again. That ghost thing coming up? Nope. Gotta be, like, like virus zombies. Gotta be, like, I don't know, a, a, an explosion. I mean, like, we still have ghost movies and stuff but like they tend to be wrapped up in like who's fuck who are those um the 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 married couple the the grifters the annabelle doll. oh yeah oh fuck what are their names i know i know it i know this oh jesus i can see them i'm rooting them in my mind <laughs> yeah it's like that i guess it's just i don't know it's just like the aesthetic is not Like, a lot of our modern ghost stuff is, like, really wrapped up in that, and so, like, stuff that isn't that, I feel like maybe, like, we we just don't have as much of it anymore. Yeah, like, like, I don't know, it's just like the focus is wrong, even if it's about ghosts, like, like, take a haunting in Connecticut, that's, like, about ghosts, but is it about ghosts, you know? The Warrens! The Warrens, yeah. I, I just watched a haunting in Connecticut recently. I know. It's not good. <laughs> no, but now you know why. Now you know that thing about crabs I was making noise about. Like, yeah, it's it is technically about ghosts, but what it's mostly about is like necromancy. Yeah, how being dead is scary. Yeah, it, it's it's like if you work with um, corpses in any way, you're like a 
fucked up, insane individual. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason you would ever be a mortician. Is if you want to do, like, evil necromancy yeah. and put corpses in your wall. It's so fucking funny. Like, can you name a ghost story that's a horror story that's genuinely about ghosts? Like, as the focus of a horror. Like, that's not, like... 50 years old. Yeah. A modern American ghost story. It has to be, like, it has to be a movie. It has to be horror. It has to be from, like, the 2000s. <laughs> Honestly, of all of them, Eyeless Jack is the one that, to me, reads the least like a Jeff story. It's just, like, one that I see sort of lumped mm-hmm. in with the rest of the group a lot. It doesn't have a lot of the hallmarks. He's just, like, a guy who steals your organs and eat. Like, the, the story is bad. Yeah. Let's get that straight. The yeah. story is also bad. All, like, none of these are good. It connects to Jeff in that <laughs> it existed as an image prior to the story. It's a very similar ah. kind of image. Yeah. It's, like, spooky, eyeless thing. And it associates with, like, a being in bed when this occurs, I think. Yeah. It has, like, if we were making a, like, a, a Venn diagram of stuff that exists into Jeff <laughs> land. Eyeless Jack is, like, a really funny story. Like, the premise of it is that, like, Eyeless Jack is, like stealing his organs while he sleeps and then like he he goes to the doctor he doesn't even notice (laughs) that he has like a wound in his side where his kidney was missing like he goes to the doctor and is like like oh wow uh that that's fucked up that's crazy that's what yeah that's why i'll get out of here sport (laughs) it was a commentary on the medical system i think (laughs) the the line that i wrote down because it was so fucking funny to me was um the good news is that you had minor injuries, and your parents are going to pick you up. The bad news is that your brother has been killed by some thing. Sorry. <laughs> like the fucking bedside manner on this doctor. So insane. Uh, I think also it connects to Jeff, and then the doctor said there was insane stuff in these stories. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, they're, they're exposition dumps that say in the most blunt and, like, hysteric... <laughs> inducing manner possible <laughs> because it's written by like children who like don't know how doctors talk you know kids who have only ever been to the doctor like in the context of like being taken by a parent for the most part like and like getting like a shot or something like like they've never had like a major injury like yeah when you go to get a shot your doctor's like well you're gonna have to get a shot and they say it in a very matter-of-fact yeah. way so that you don't scream and cry. Yes, this is specifically that. So I think people should incorporate this more into the stories. I think a doctor should walk up into be like, well, the serial killer has killed all your friends for you on a speedy recovery. <laughs> <laughs> or like in, in 2011, Jeff, when the, the nurses are like, oh yeah, he's acting kind of crazy. Painkillers can do that to you. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) Nurse realness. I have heard of Tiki Toby. Um, First of all, really offensive that that's the name name. that he has to go by forever. (laughs) I didn't realize that he had actual Tourette's. Uh, No. Uh, Like, that's really fucked up, dude. (laughs) That's the thing I remember most about this story. I forgot he was a Slender Man guy. Yeah, that's the thing that I did know about him. Um, I did not know that he was supposed to have actual Tourette's and that the name that he's called as a pasta <laughs> is, like, the name that his bullies call him. That's fucked up. You and I had both half of the story. 
<laughs> we joined together to complete into fool. But I had never in my goddamn life heard of Clockwork, who is supposed to be oh. Tiki Toby's girlfriend. Oh, see, I knew I've I've seen her around a lot. Between the two of them, like Toby was the best story that I read out of all of these. I thought, yeah, it's like a legitimate story. Like in terms of just general writing, like it's still not good. No, it's still no, bad. But mind like, you, out of all of them, that's the best one, like by far. And Clockwork was by far the worst one. It's like... So it's really funny that, like, you know, these two like, role players basically found each other and were like, let's bonk our OCs together. Uh, like, listen, I want us to manifest this in all our lives. <laughs> Look, like, like, you can be a terrible nightmare writer and someone who's, like, a middling nightmare writer will find you. <laughs> There's hope for everyone out there. I wanted to elaborate a little. I, I I don't think I did a good job in the podcast of explaining what I meant at all. Uh, when I say one is the best and one is the worst, uh, what I mean is that, like, Tiki Toby has the least offensive prose, I thought, and does, like, a solid job being, like, a Slenderman fandom spinoff thingy. It captures the tone of the space without getting terminally stupid, like, it's a bit stupid, but it's not, like, over the top. Like, as far as creepypastas and, like, Slenderman stuff goes. Like, there's possession, there's murder, there's fire. It fits the tone. You can understand why people would get attached to this character on some level. But for Clockwork, not only is the writing extremely poor, but the basic conceit of the character just makes no sense. Like, the point of Clockwork is that she goes crazy deviantart style and becomes the enemy of time or something, because time is the thing that causes her to be in pain, and she puts a watch in her eye. Like, uh, <laughs> again... Stuff that would have been partially rescued by just making a character a scary ghost so she could do some actual, like, magic haunting shit. The Jacks are stupid, but they're at least beasts. And Jane is so divorced from reality that it's funny and it's entertaining. Clockwork is miserable and it's dumb. So that's what I was trying to get at. It's the sort of, like, inverted power fantasies in Toby and Clockwork stories versus Jeff and Jane's is also something that was really interesting yeah. to me. Because, like, like Jeff and Jane are about, like, being normal people who are suddenly ascended to the upper echelon of, like, insane, powerful killer. Yeah. Right? The most killer that's ever killed. Yeah, they've unlocked, like, immortality because they're, like, perfect <laughs> violent machines. Because <laughs> they got so good at killing. Yeah. <laughs> where like Toby and Clockwork's thing is to be like the most like depressing and beaten down and like you know constantly shit on and bullied and like you know Clockwork story involves yeah. a lot of sexual abuse. Yeah. Toby's is like and his sister or whatever got killed by a car crash and bullied for having Tourette's and also he can't feel pain. They're like the most victims to like ever be victim, and they're like the yeah. <laughs> and these powers, these four powers of these four killers, make up pillars that hold up the Slender Mansion. <laughs> exactly right. Like like we have these diametric opposites, 
that get to exist in in the same sort of space and and bounce off of one another like it's interesting yeah the differing sort of perspectives that like the these writers mm-hmm. are are coming at their characters from and sort of what you can interpret that to be like what their what their power fantasy is yeah it's cool in that respect and it's because it's like a community like um participation driven this sort of like subsection of creepypasta fandom stuff it's kind of it makes it hard to like get into the stories and research i felt like we were inefficiently skimming with like a ladle of holes in it but like i don't <laughs> but like it would require it require us to like i don't know enter someone's discord for like several months and then learn all the drama <laughs> and deep lore and then come back like lesser people weary and soul beaten from the experience and then we would do this episode about like the intricate cities of the Jeffiverse. I mean like the thing is that like most of these people have completely pulled away from creepypasta and like creepypasta fandom yeah. stuff because their stuff got popular and they were harassed because like they wrote stories that were popular with a demographic that is cringe yeah which like you know you should never do like if you go out and you harass yeah you're like the someone for writing a story you are a depraved person just like make a blog space review do something productive with your life review it in your own space joke about it with your friends if you want you're allowed to dislike stuff or disapprove of yeah but like like we're doing a podcast right now other people's spaces yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we're not going out of our way to send this to these people, especially since they've been like, yeah, don't fucking talk about me anymore. Yeah. And, like, Tiki Toby's author in particular was like, yeah, I completely disavow this story because of the stabbings. Oh. Because, like, oh, that was pretty... the context of that, like, this yeah. was written before yeah, obviously. that happened. I wasn't even connecting it, because the way the story is treated now is just so separate from its origins, but I can see if you were the author, you would still be like, yeah, this is, like, I can put this away, this isn't, this isn't, like, more important than people getting hurt or not. Yeah. I mean, and also, like, on top of the way that, you know, people treated the author for like a long time like because like one of the things that all these stories have in common is like being largely maligned by like the greater yeah creepypasta community yeah because they were considered like like these are all basically roleplay characters yeah like, people's none of the stuff here is like shockingly bad to me because like i am an like a like a role-playing old head I am like a like a forum role player. This is sort of like par for the course shit that you could have seen on any role play site for as long as I've been active. The only thing that separates these things from say like a character from an SCP sort of situation is the prestige that SCP has and like maybe some editing. Yeah. Like that's it, guys. It hey it's all cringe. <laughs> you are you are engaging like if you are into 
creepypasta and web horror, you are already cringe. Like, there's no respectability yeah. to be regained by, like, finding someone who you think is more embarrassing than you and being like, no, these are the people who are making it embarrassing to be a fan of creepypasta. No, dude. You are just cringe basely. Like, we exist in a small pocket of community that's a greater, that's the outside thing, thinks we are cringe and weird. Like, the average person doesn't know what a creepypasta is. <laughs> I'm gripping you so hard. Or do they not? I'm gripping and shaking you. And if they do, they think it's cringe. Okay? Yeah. Like, I mean, because it is. My brother and cringe. That's the <laughs> like, that's one of the fun things about it, is that it's cringe. Yeah! So, like, so at least people doing Jeff the Killer, the first ones, and Jane the Killer are having fun. Why don't you go and have fun? They are, they're at least expressing themselves creatively and sincerely. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, there is such a deep insincerity oh, to, yeah, like, that's what 2015 is. Jeff the Killer. Irony poison. Yeah. It's, it's too self-aware. It's like, I need to do this so that people know that <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not like, good and smart and I'm not dumb and cringe like Jeff the Killer fans. Ugh. Carol, it's Jeff the Killer. <laughs> he Jeffy Killer. <laughs> okay, Jonah. Really important question. Yeah. What yeah. What would your killing weapon be? Oh, fuck. I mean, like, it's like a, it has to be a sword. Like, it has to be. That's my yeah, brand. Yeah, it does. Like, You're so, sword core. Like, wow, that was hard. With swords. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It speaks for itself. Oh, my God. <laughs> you would slice them and they'd be like, oh, oh, I felt a breeze, but, like, nothing happens and they explode in blood. You like poke them full of holes, and the person would like walk around for a bit, and then they'd fall down and explode in blood. Wednesday, what would your weapon oh, be, and why is it a knife? It's an it's it's a knife. Yes, um, <laughs> like it's a, it's a, a a classic iconic shape. Well, you know, you know what people say about knives. I don't. I don't. <laughs> that they're good for cutting things. I don't know. <laughs> you know, a knife is just like the perfect, the perfect thing. Like, it's it's the perfect edgecore weapon. Mm-hmm. Like, you know if a character is walking around with a bloody knife, like, oh, okay, this is an edgy character. Yeah, it's like, listen, <laughs> I think, okay, 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 serious, serious knife discussion. It's like, think of all the things that knives exist in that are, like, RGP maker game stuff and, like, horror yeah. movies and stuff. And, like, that's <laughs> it. That's the, the summary. It exists in a, in a canon. When did the knife become, like, the iconic killer weapon, right? Because, like, when there's, like, a scary killer, the the, the sort of automatic association, if they have a weapon and aren't, like, a strangler or mm-hmm. something, or, or like, a, like, a shooter, most, like, horror killers aren't shooters because guns are too powerful. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> when did the knife become Halloween, Psycho? Yeah, I guess there? This would be a fun thing to explore. It's psycho, like, the inception point. Because, like, like, horror and gothic stories, you know, go back quite a ways. Like, even before we had a concept of, like, modern horror. Because mm-hmm. the knife is a domestic tool. Yeah. Like, its primary function is in the kitchen. Which, like, you know, in, in like, European... European colonial mm-hmm. society has been sort of 
traditionally the feminine realm, right? Like, that's the place that women are relegated to when men have control of the family life beyond the home. Mm -hmm. It's like an accessible tool that's then turned to, like, violence when it's sort of, like, associated with, like, nurture. Even though there's no reason for you to have thought this about this tool, which is sharp and dangerous. And it's also, like, phallic. Yeah, it's like phallic. Like, it's, it's, it's a pointed thing that goes into your your body that, is, that also has these, like, domestic connotations. Yeah. Of, like, this, like, innocence that is then perverted. Yeah. It's it's really the, the baphomet of the killing tools. The way we were discussing the knife right now, the kitchen is like a yonic uh-huh. space, right? But okay. the knife yeah, yeah. is the phallic. Like the clitoris of the yes, kitchen. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Jonah, I think, I think that was really important <laughs> and, like, academic of you to have said that. <laughs> like, that feels like a, a, a lost line from the anatomy game. Kitty Horror Show, I'm so sorry Wednesday said that. I, I would never... <laughs> like, all the things the knife represents, like, to various things. Yeah. pulls out weight of it. And I was, when you were talking about it as, like, a domestic tool, I was thinking about how, like, it's kind of, like, the inheritor of, like, Axeman legends. Like, the axe was a very sort of, like, go-to serial killer like folklore tool it's also sort of like a domestic item but it also tends to be more closely associated with like yeah, masculine domesticity yeah even the playing field like there's a probably one point a man who was an axe man killer and now every like county in the country has an axe man killer ghost <laughs> We have a, we have a term for axe murderer. We don't have a knife yeah. murderer. Slacking. We should get or on a, that. Or a lead pipe murderer. <laughs> we should get on that. <laughs> With your help, we can expand this list. <laughs> I guess we also have, like gun wielding maniac is like a phrase too. Also, if you think that you're too good for like Jeff the Killer, creepypasta, fandom bullshit. You should go join a roleplay group. Like, you genuinely should. And it will humble you. <laughs> and it will, like, socialize you. If you're lucky. I mean, yeah, yeah. It'll it'll get you some socialization. It'll break down the reflexive, like, sense of cringe, mm-hmm. which is good for you. Mm-hmm. To not have that, like, automatic knee-jerk, like, oh, am I being cringe mm-hmm. reaction. The current state of things encourages people to, like, have that shell around you. I'm sure you, we can uh, pull up some sort of, like, text theory about it and all that. But, you, you know, <laughs> you just gotta, like, do it yeah. and, like, feel vulnerable and connected to others and, like be a little cringe and because of the socializing and the vulnerability and the being cringe if you're lucky it can make you a better writer yeah it can also make you a worse writer watch out (laughs) gotta be so fucking careful constant vigilance (laughs) you can learn some real bad habits yeah uh, which are represented here although (laughs) although it's but i don't know never mind i was gonna say something but like i'm not in the wilds of discord what do i know (laughs) 
I also started reading Ichi the Killer yeah, um, so because it got a mention on the original, like... Yeah, which is, like, absurd to me. The creepypasta.com page does some, like, editorializing before and after about, like, the 2011 Jeff the Killer story because it's been, like, restored to its former glory with, like, caveats before and after mm-hmm. to be, like, here's the historical <laughs> stuff that happened to Jeff it's the Killer the story. It's cool, but it's, it's much more <laughs> speculation because I don't necessarily think any part of Itchy the Killer had to do with Jeff the Killer. It's just like <laughs> it's just like the killer is a real <laughs> you just throw the end of a word, guys. But like it did encourage me. Like I'm like I'm a little less than halfway through. I think oh. I'm like a third of the way through Ichi the Killer right now. And like boy what a story. It, it, it's Itchy the Killer. Like, talk about stories about violence. Yeah. Like, about the theater of violence. Oh my god. Like, I, I'm making really excited noises, I know. I, I think the story's kind of mid, but I'm also really excited that Jenna's reading it. <laughs> like, yeah, it is mid, but it's fascinating. Yeah, it's just like, ah, uh, like, if you are if you can stomach extreme levels of violence, especially, like, sex assault, I think is, like, uh, the the most yeah. grievous because there's a certain level of like hey if you can't handle like drawn gore you, I don't know how to help you with that that's just silly to me <laughs> I guess you're allowed to be squeamish but like but like <laughs> then there's certain topics that do deserve like well if you can't if you can't that's fine there's no shame in being like this is not for me and not reading it yeah like there there is graphically depicted sexual assault and spousal abuse intimate partner violence Mm -hmm. the whole thing is like i i've i've been describing it as being a story about a martial arts pervert who fights the yakuza yeah who's also a pervert yeah so important to me personally (laughs) a little freak it's it's a pervert versus pervert type story (sighs) but like it's it's so important to the story that it is about perversion mm-hmm. because the story is ultimate like you know i'm only a third of the way through but i can kind of see the writing on the yeah. wall the story is about the way that violence being exposed to violence physically against you and also being forced to commit violence mm-hmm. in one way or another changes your ability to exist in society and your ability to process goodness yeah so like even though I really, really doubt these people read Itchy the Killer before setting out to make Jeff the Killer. It's, it does ring with a certain kind of truth in there, because these characters are fundamentally changed by it. The violence they experience. They did not. Like, these children did no, not read Itchy the not, Killer, I don't but, think. But I think it, it's likely that the influence of, like, that the, the Ichi the Killer is the sort of, like, velvet underground that eventually would create, you know, Jeff the Killer. Yeah, I would be, I, like, it would be honestly <laughs> cool to try and track this with some sort of, like, serious, like, media look at sees with, like, I'd say pretty confidently that a lot of people have not read the story, but a lot of people have read stories inspired by the story. Yeah, so, like, in, in a way, each of the killer is, seems like it's probably good at, at it, like, in the same way as, like, Akira. Yeah. Akira's oh, impact yeah. is felt through every single part of, like, the anime and manga mm-hmm. landscape. Even people who have not read or watched Akira, if you personally have not read or watched Akira, go watch Akira now. My god, it is it is still to this day some of the most mm-hmm. beautiful animation that has ever been put to film. 
and you will understand so many references and understand things yeah. deeper because people have like been constantly trying to recreate capture something of the story and bring it into their own art like even if you have not experienced akira for yourself you have probably experienced something that was in part inspired by akira mm-hmm. or inspired by something that was inspired by akira mm-hmm. like it's it's this telephone game that is playing with these ideas that go all the way down the line mm-hmm. so like it's reasonable to assume that stories in between have inspired other people because obviously but like i i doubt the a majority of people have read it in its entirety you know like at least the people in these creepypasta spaces otherwise i think they're uh, attention to different things would be different. The thing about, like, being a kid who is into, like, heavy content, or, like, into the idea of heavy mm-hmm. content, is that, like, the emo kid who draws bloody gore poetry on his notebook, it cannot necessarily stomach looking at, like, real-life gore, which is normal. Yeah, that's normal. I'm also saying just, like, it's not the easiest thing to get a hand on. Right? So if you're not in these spaces to start with, like, who's going to introduce you to Itchy the Killer? In, in terms of violent comics, it's not, it's not nearly the same quality as Itchy the Killer. But in, like, a lot of ways, I'm not comparing the two, but in sort of, like, the spectacle of violence, I've started reading Kill Six Billion Demons. And sort of, like, I don't know if it's going to get gory or not. It, it, it's, like, fighting more than anything so far. Yeah. It deals with a lot of, like, like, what if violence was, like, the universal truth? Like, all things are violent, the way all things struggle to be alive. And it's unpacks, and I'm still really early into it, but I, I, I get it. it. It's, like, unpacking, like, what it means to be violent, what it means to have the absence of violence. And, like, it's it's neat in that direction. And sort of, like, to tie it with the Jeff stuff, it's sort of, like, People are really into making serial killers, but, like, what does that mean, right? Like, the person you're killing is now a dead person. Like, that person had, like, stuff going on. What is the allure of a killer? What's, like, the allure of, like, completely destroying a person? Which is, like, what you are doing when you are creating a killer. You're creating someone who kills, and is going to be a victim of that person, that thing to exist. Yeah, like, what is sort of at, at the heart of, like, that fantasy. Mm-hmm. Are you by proxy having this desire to, like, completely, like, annihilate something? And, like... Haha, <laughs> proxy. Yeah, yeah, we, we tied it all together. And, like, <laughs> and, like in Kill Six Billion Demons, that's, it's kind of, like, threading the idea of, like, that's what it means to, like, be alive. But it's mm-hmm. not necessarily encouraging that. There's a lot of cool, like... Like, the perfect existence is to, like, non-existence, right? Well, like, you can't exist if you don't exist. It's it's the sort of, like, nihilist or, like, anti-life principle mm-hmm. of, like, to exist is to struggle the only way to not struggle. Like, if, if you don't valorize struggle and you believe that life is a struggle, then the only moral good is to kill yourself. Yeah. Like in Magnus Archives. <laughs> exactly. I know people do it to, like, have fun. Like, I like, like, listen, I know slashes are fraught with stuff, but I also enjoy slashers, <laughs> right? Like, there's a level yeah. of sort of, like, camp and freedom when it comes with, like, silly levels of gore and stuff, right? You don't have to technically, you don't have to always, like, 
think too hard about it, but I think a lot of people have like the complete absence of thought about it at all times, and that's like <laughs> not okay. That's what a lot of the more interesting stories about serial killers or about killers in general like concern themselves mm-hmm, with. Because mm-hmm. like if you have a story in which the killer is justified mm-hmm. in doing what they do because their victims are in some way insipid mm-hmm. or like they have like morally deserved it worthless. and like we're told yeah. like that they are like the crimes they've committed are worth the death johnny the homicidal maniac is often falls into this pit trap yeah of like a world that is so vile and worthless that you know this enlightened seer killer is like uh, sympathetic in what he does even though he's also crazy because <laughs> like because Jonan Vasquez was not interested in exploring what it means to kill. Yeah. He just wanted to like a rant about people who were fake gods. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's basically what the story is about more than anything. I think like, <laughs> the story does be like, hey, this is, he's like not in the right and stuff, but like the universe itself supports his like stuff he's doing. So it doesn't really land in any way that's like, um, exploring this as, like, a moral yeah. play or anything. It's it's straight up, like, I think fake golf should be killed crazy style. And, like... <laughs> Which is, I guess, a funny opinion yeah. to have, but, like... And it's done, like, a Wizard of Oz, like, don't look at the wizard kind of way. Like, there's, like, there's a story happening, but, like, it's a fake story, and that's, like, the real story that's going on. It's, like, sure, that's, that's, that's kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> I, I kind of can't stand Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. I tried reading it because I was thinking about it, like, in, in preparation for the podcast. I got probably, like, two-thirds of the way through issue one and was like, oh, I can't fucking do this. I read it in high school, and I had a lot more tolerance for it back then because it was my first time experiencing it. But now, like, knowing where it's going, one, it's really hard to read. I hate trying to read that crunchy-ass text. Like, you ha- it has to hit, like, I really, you either have to be, like, studying that stuff, like, studying an art piece, studying it, or you have yeah. to be, like, 14. It's, it's so exhausting. <laughs> like, there's, there's no in-between. You're either 14 or you're, like, <laughs> I'm gonna crack open this thing. But you see what I mean when I say, like, I don't think necessarily the art inspired me or the story inspired me, but it did introduce me to the cop, to, you could tell a story like this. Like, it, it, it has a, a disjointedness to the way that it presents its information. Mm-hmm. That Like, especially if this is your first time experiencing something like that. Yeah. I, I Like, I can see why it made an impression on a lot of young people, but, like, it missed me <laughs> before that point. Yeah, you, 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 you probably had, like, different things going on in you by then. Yeah. There's just more out yeah. there, too, that was like this, I think. This is, a, it seems to be, like more accessible, like, <laughs> ways to get things that are told in this way. It's just more existed, I think, than, by then, too. Which is to say there's, like, yeah. a, a fucking explosion, like a like a Jeff the Killer-level <laughs> explosion of other things like this. I'd, I'd read Catch-22 already before reading oh, yeah. Johnny the Homicidal yeah. Maniac. <laughs> Mr. Vasquez wasn't gonna have anything <laughs> no, to say yeah. to me. Like... <laughs> he missed you by a wide margin. 
The reason why, okay, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not saying this to justify why I read that silly, but, like, the reason why I read it is because a, a girl in my class was like, hey, your art looks like this person. I had no idea what she was talking about. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going <laughs> to learn about this person now. And then I, that's how I got into, like, reading his stuff because I wanted to understand. I was into some, like, emo-adjacent stuff, but, like, a lot of it did miss me for one reason or mm-hmm. another. You have to have, like, a high tolerance for, like, random core stuff, and I think that's, like, you yeah. have a low, you, you have a lot of stats and tolerance for, like, sweet I, I, core. I kind of always had a low tolerance yeah. for that, yeah. I, I get my teeth all out for stuff that gets, like, too silly, and I sort of always have been yeah. this way. Just, like, an overly serious person. Which, like, that's fine to be that way. I think it's... How much, like, silliness and, like, insincerity is, like, the dominant sort of, like, tone people take from then on out is really, like, you probably wouldn't have to have your hackles up so high if there wasn't just, like... that. That's what it is. It's not necessarily that I'm serious. It's that I'm, like, I'm invested in sincerity. Yeah. Like, a lot of things are, quote, quote, silly are just, like, not sincere, and the person's trying to, like, hide yeah. behind, like, a wacky comedy humor that's not vulnerable in any way. I do love comedy. I do like silliness. I'm often very silly, mm-hmm. but like the the comedy stuff that I tend to like is also like personal, very sincere, and I tend to get very annoyed with like excessive irony. Yeah. Unless I feel like there is a purpose to it. Yeah. And lots of stuff were just mean-spirited. Like, it wasn't funny. It wasn't com. Like, I guess you could, it could say it's a type of comedy. It's a type of funny, even though it's mean. But a lot of stuff then was just mean. And that's not necessarily funny to me. I don't really enjoy when lots yeah. of things were just mean. There's a lot of things people praise around this time. And it's like, I don't think those were the things you thought they were. I think this story was really mean. <laughs> and a lot of the lines were bad. And- it's because, like, the comedy gives people... Or, like, the comedy... Yeah gives people an excuse to vent things that they already kind of think. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the same way that, like, racist jokes do, or yeah. fat jokes do. Yeah, it's just like, it's just not a thing I'm particularly interested in other people's meanness. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm mean enough. <laughs> We're mean in a different way. <laughs> We're sincerely mean. <laughs> There's such shit. <laughs> and cool you don't go to like a you don't go to like a drag show for all the the drag peoples the drag monarchs to be like your buddy right i think (laughs) is this what we're doing horror drag i think that's what i think that's the service we're providing okay 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 what would your what connecting everything together like legos what would your killer appearance then be Oh fuck! I mean, it it probably would just be like my like my TMA sona. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, I can see that. You know, mouth eyes. Yeah, dope. That's the yeah. It's nice and scary. People would be like, <laughs> a, a dentistry gone wrong. They'd have to explain it somehow in your deep lore. <laughs> but you're just like a scary guy. I have deep lore. It's just not that. Yeah, I know, I know. But like, you know, the, the other one would get popular, and then we, people would have to unearth the the one that isn't silly. I can't believe we did this fucking paid.
Well, it looks like we're going to wrap it up there for tonight. What do you think of these stories? Leave a comment, send us an email, and tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, go ahead and leave a like or a review, rate us, and share us with your friends. On our next episode, we will be reading Baraska. This has been the Creepy Pasta Book Club. Thank you, and good night.